The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Top of the morning to you on this likely gray, grisly afternoon by the time you're listening. And welcome to Toronto Hoopball Raptors. Hello, everybody. I am here today with Kieran Smythe. Hello, everyone. And Ben Harrison. G'day, folks. And I am Brendan Hodgins. Uh, If you're looking to follow us here on the podcast, you can do so on both Twitter and Instagram at Hoopball Raptors. That's at Hoopball Raptors. And Ben, do you want to tell the people how they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. That's at Benny and the Raps. I'm more of a Twitter guy these days, but soon enough I'll get into the gram. All right. And uh, Kieran, do you uh, want to let the same uh, same answer go? Yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram at kdilla1981 and on Twitter at k underscore dilla. And if for some reason you're looking to see what I am saying, you can follow me at Brendan Hodgins on Twitter. That's at Brendan Hodgins. Please head on down to hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com. They are in full swing down there, uh, the guys. There's so much you can take a look at. It's uh, full, full season fantasy, DFS, wagering. There is a lot of interesting stuff happening. You know, this is the time that you want to get in on some of those MIP, MVP, whatever votes for the season. This is the time to get the best odds. All right, guys. It was an down up down weekend i guess is the way that you would phrase it or up down up it's it was it was an interesting one anyways going on here uh, a few different things to talk about and some oddities in the real world of basketball that occurred this weekend especially for the raptors um kieran what do you know about this ed rogers Masai jury weirdness um i guess just rogers uh doesn't seem to like Masai too much. Didn't think he was worth the money and, uh, you know, did everything he could to sort of make it so that we didn't get him back. Um, luckily in the end, he didn't get his way and we got Masai, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know much about his uh, motivations. I heard it one report saying that, uh, he was, you know, after all that was trying to also get a little, uh, back end to the two Rogers as a result of things. So it might've been just sort of a greedy move wanting to not give out the money, but I mean, ask any Raptors fan if what they think Masai Ujiri's worth and they'll tell you just doesn't matter what he's worth just give him the money so uh yeah luckily it didn't go through and Tannenbaum uh was able to um to kind of overturn that and everything right but uh yeah it was uh kind of crazy this came out this weekend but I guess it was happening over the summer when we were trying to sign him and uh yeah like I said luckily we got Masai lots of other teams are trying to get him for even more so I don't know what uh where his take was coming from maybe it was more of a personal thing but uh yeah we got Masai that's really all that matters but this is just sort of some background political information that kind of popped out so yeah yeah Ben uh do you have anything that uh, you've seen to add to that or yeah I mean I guess it kind of explains you know why we were waiting so long for Masai mm-hmm. to get that deal done um we all thought it was kind of strange that it was I don't know, I guess it didn't get wrapped up till just before the draft. 
And it sounds like he strongly considered taking a year off of basketball because he was so fed up with the Rodgers people. But uh, So I'm glad it worked out in the end. Uh, it's not looking too good for Ed Rodgers. I know that the, uh, the, the Rodgers stock has dropped 5% this morning <laughs> since yesterday. Um, so it's not a good look for their chairman, of course. But, um, um, yeah, there's some interesting stuff coming out. Like there's... Um, I kept seeing the footage yesterday of Pascal Siakam at the ring ceremony where he's like going down the line and he's dapping up everyone, but he gets to Ed Rogers and just jumps right over him. Doesn't even look at him. Nice. Um, and that was right around the time that he signed his extension. So I kind of wonder if something similar happened um, with him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty rich for Ed Rogers to say something isn't worth the price when I'm sitting there with like a $150 bill for cable TV that doesn't include sports. But um, so I don't know the uh, the other one that uh, that people were pointing out was the fran when uh, Ujiri took over the franchise was valued at uh, somewhere around four hundred fifty billion. Uh, sorry, a million. Jeez. Jeez. Um, yeah, yeah. four hundred fifty million, and, and it has um, crashed right down. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. So whatever it is, six seven years later, um, they're valued well over two billion dollars. Um, so to say he's not worth the money. I don't really know where that's coming from. You watch one game of Scotty Barnes play, and you see why he's worth the money. So, uh, so yeah, kind of a crazy story, but I'm glad uh, glad it worked out, and he stuck around for whatever the paycheck is. But. Yeah, I definitely saw that report as well, saying that he uh, – I, I didn't see a year. I think I saw a month or something like that, but whatever time it would be, it doesn't really matter that he would, uh, he would not be with the Raptors during that time, and obviously people would have lost their minds because – we were all already kind of getting a little uh, apprehensive of the news coming because there was no news mm-hmm. for pretty much the entire summer, right? Yeah, we all kind of explained it off as just being like, okay, we're going to wait till the season's over. We're going to wait till this. We're going to wait till the, you know, whatever it was. But no, clearly it was more of this kind of thing. Yeah, boardroom shenanigans going mm-hmm. on. Palace um, intrigue. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well... It looks like yeah the uh, the crown prince is about to lose his throne though so um, yeah we're we're gonna move hopefully into just steadier waters there and no distractions for this Raptors team and Ben is right uh, the the shot at Rogers there is pretty accurate those guys uh, it's a lot of money they get paid from individual people to start arguing about a uh, dollar here a dollar there so mm-hmm. yeah back to basketball. Started off the weekend against uh, Boston, and Boston looked overmatched. Uh, that's pretty much the only way to say it there. Uh, pretty much the entire game, the energy of the Raptors was in their face. Obviously, this was the big uh, Scotty Barnes game. Um, what did you see for that game that made you encouraged for the way the Raptors are going to look going forward there, Kieran? Um, well, yes, the Scotty Barnes and uh, Gary Trent show that day was uh, was good to see. Uh, you know, only 14 points from OG, only 11 from Van Vliet. So it was much more of a team effort, spread the points around. A couple of our young guys who were sort of banking on being the future here really stepped up and did big things. So that's probably the biggest takeaway from that. Um, but just kind of any sort of bounce back from that first, you know, unfortunate showing was... Uh, was positive so it's good to know we can win and we can win emphatically uh we also um let me just see here quickly did i have the rebound 60 to 42 in favor of our rebounds 
Um, so, you know, we're rebounding like crazy right now. We're actually right now, we're the, uh, we're the league leading. Uh, we got the most rebounds per game right now of any team. So, yes, <laughs> so, you know, things are, that's definitely the biggest plus I've seen from even, you know, with the, with our, our records, not that great. If you could take anything away from it, being the best in rebounds only through four games, but still no sign of slowing down. Um, so yeah, those are probably my uh, biggest positives from that game just to sort of return to, you know, some excitement for Toronto, show that we can get it done. Apparently, we're going to be a road team this year, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh, we really crushed them on the boards. I noticed uh, it's kind of fun, too, because we're doing so well on the boards. I think we had 15 offensive rebounds just in the first half of that game. Yeah. And then um, coming in to start the second half, um, the Celtics had to put Al Horford and uh, Robert Williams out on the floor together, uh, kind of in response to, to the way we were dominating there. Um, didn't really work out for them. But, but uh, yeah, right before the game started, they swapped out Gary Trent for Goran Dragic in the starting lineup. I thought that was a really good move, and it's continued since. So, um, so that's good to see. He seems to do a little bit better as a starter for whatever reason. But... Um, yeah, otherwise, just uh, a really good game. I love Raptors fans, too, because, like, we're smart enough not to overreact to game one, but after that game two, when we beat Boston by 30, everyone was overreacting to that one. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of fun. But. It got checked after that, but, yeah, for sure, we were riding high after that first one. Yeah, the weirdest stat I saw in on that one, I thought, um, what kind of team? We shot 20% from three, 100% from the stripe, and we beat them by, like, 25 points. Mm-hmm. That's uh, we're going to be a unique team. That's for sure. Back to uh, what you're saying there about Gary Trent and Norm Powell. Uh, Gary Trent is that he is. We talked about this last year. It's the Norm Powell effect. Mm-hmm. Starters minutes, they go nuts off the bench. They're just not the same player. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how like like his parallels to Norm Powell. It's that's kind of uncanny a little bit because yeah. we've talked about it ever since and he was a direct replacement for him but we literally got like yeah just a Norm Powell from a couple years ago yeah just resetting the clock yeah mm-hmm. every time I see him play I think exactly that he could not be more Norm Powell because we saw the next night in Dallas he was what like 3 for 18 or something you know yeah. just classic <laughs> classic back to back Norm games but yeah and another uh, thing here though like Malachi Flynn got a few minutes in this game, but it was when it was over, right? So just on the Gary Trent sort of train, we talked about how they might be linked to each other, and it kind of looks that way. If Gary Trent continues to succeed, Malachi's going to get less minutes. Yeah, I don't know what I feel about that, like, especially with you know Drogic being our, our other guard. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like Malachi earned at least a chance to you know, show what he can do. I guess it's early on in the season. Maybe you're trying to still, like, I don't know, you can see how the season unfolds before we not go in the tanking mode, but before we start divvying up minutes a bit more, uh, making this push. But, uh, yeah, I really don't understand why uh, he's so low on the, the food chain right now. Yeah, especially with, uh, like, Gordon. Like, so he's only played, I think, two minutes in that one game, and he hasn't played since, including last night. Mm-hmm. Against the Bulls and uh, Goran Dragic isn't looking very good by any stretch. No, um, which is unfortunate because we're not going to get anything for him uh, when the time comes. Yeah. But. I yeah, think that's than, probably what they're doing. They're hoping he has a couple of good games and it helps his market. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, it's just uh, it's starting to look stranger and stranger. The worst Dragic plays, and you still got Flynn sitting on the bench. It's, it's looking weirder. The only thing I thought about that is, like, 
you know, we saw last night we had like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 turnovers, whatever it was. And, um, you know, Malachi Flynn, for all his uh, talents, he's definitely a bit of a wild player, you know. So um, maybe another guy running around there that could potentially add to those turnover numbers is what we need on the floor. But I suppose from there, yeah, that mentality maybe. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. And I heard, like, yesterday's, I guess we're bouncing around from games. But, yeah, yesterday's was pretty much just Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes were turnover machines. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. That's kind of been Scotty Barnes thing though. He's a little wild right now. He needs to reel it in a bit, but I think they're kind of giving him a long leash to let him do what he wants to do and see what he can do. So you're going to get some of those things as he tries to sneak some balls in down low and stuff like that. And it just doesn't work out. Yeah. One thing yeah, it's almost, uh, with Scotty Barnes though, is that also he's getting the tough defensive assignments. Um, for sure. Yeah. Like he, he was on, he was on, I think Tatum and then Luca. Yeah. Yeah. In back to back nights. Yeah. Imagine that you're 19 years old, you just get drafted and then your first weekend in the NBA, it's like, all right, here's two of the uh, greatest players in the league this time. (laughs) To be fair, he's like, what, a couple years older than him. He's still a child too. So, um, at least age, you're not like it's a hardcore vet, but yeah, they are definitely like the greats of the league, but we're starting to see a lot of the greats of the league are becoming younger guys right now. So, yeah, no doubt. And, um, yeah, you mentioned Scotty's turnovers. I think that's twice now that he's had six turnovers in a game, which mm-hmm. is definitely pretty crazy, but I kind of liken it to like, almost like Gary Trent Jr. You know, it's like, he's a shooter. He's got to keep shooting, figure it out. Scotty Barnes, same thing. We don't yeah. want him to stop trying things just because he's turning it over early on. Yeah, the biggest thing from the Bulls game last night was uh, uh, it brought it brought it back and make it close. But yeah, six turnovers, no assists, which is a little strange. He's been generally pretty good, at least you know, getting a couple nice passes through. And uh, I was looking at the turnovers, and they were all sort of he was trying to make them. They would have been great passes if they made it, but they just uh, yeah trying a bit too much on some of those. So. Yeah, like I said, just simplify it up a little bit and then, you know, work your way towards that. But because, uh, yeah, six turnovers, no matter what else you're doing, that's going to be a, a big red mark on your your resume. But otherwise, you know, yeah, great game overall. Just can limit those. He's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah. One thing I just want to quickly touch on the Dallas game, uh, because it, like we know it's basically a scheduled loss whenever the Raptors do a back to back. Uh, especially if it's like home away or way like away home or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I think last year they won one of them or something along the lines. Like okay. it's, it's just one of those things. We're not good in the back to back. Some teams and it's has a lot to do with the style of play that we do, right? Like it's high octane running up and down the floor. And we always seem to come out the second half of the back to back full of energy and go on this burst and go like we were up 14 points in this game at one point. Right. Uh, and then you just see as it gets to the second half, the slow loss of the lead. And then they just you could tell they're out of energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was apparent in this game, too. Like you saw OG and OB, you know, had a 20 points in the first half. He ended with 23. Yeah, he ended up in I think it was foul trouble though, that kind of. That did hurt him. And that's another thing that you could tell that they were exhausted, right? Like Scotty Barnes had foul trouble. OG had foul trouble. Just getting lazy Uh, and reaching, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Precious had a little bit of trouble. Like there was, even Fred Van Fleet, you know, like they had five, four, and four going into the second half. Mm -hmm. That's going to cause issues when you're like your two veterans and you're, you know, 
the guy that you go out to trust to create energy in uh, Scotty Barnes uh, can't be out there. So that's just the quick thing about the Dallas game. And then eventually Luca just caught fire and yeah. that sort of, which is yeah going to happen at some point, you know, who probably had energy though. Malachi Flynn. <laughs> he did not play <laughs> any minutes, but another weird thing on that thing is like Boucher barely played at all too. So, yeah, Boucher's been yeah. quite underwhelming, though. I think like he got even he's getting less and less minutes, so I think he's going to have to put in some work to earn those minutes back. The way it's looking, because um, <clears throat> there was a I don't I didn't see the the uh, the clip, but I was reading about an interview, the post game I think with uh, uh, Nick Nurse, and they asked him directly about Boucher and what his upside was, and he said something like, "I didn't see any up" or something like that. So yeah, the up and downs. Yeah, yeah. So he's. Uh, He's being a little hard on him, maybe giving him some tough love, but uh, hopefully he responds because, yeah, this is this is the Chris Boucher we saw like his first year in, like I've been saying, and it's just, um, he's just not hitting the shots. Like at least then he would chuck up a couple threes and you know hit one, the crowd would go nuts. Now we're sort of expecting him to, so it stings a bit more when he uh, he doesn't do it or doesn't perform. Yeah, he got the um, he did come into the game, but I think he went like zero for five, and then got the really quick hook. And then last night against the Bulls too, he was only in for like four minutes. And I think I heard a quote either from Nick Nurse or one of those anonymous ones, but they were saying like he can't uh, try and shoot his way into like into the starting lineup. Yeah, um, that's not what they need him to do. And right now, yeah, you've been saying it. That's what it looks like. He's uh, he did it again last night too. Hit like went for one spin around three. I don't know what he was doing, but so you can understand he's under a little bit of pressure. There's some other guys ahead of him in the lineup now, but but uh, he's got to stick to his game, not uh, not the bricking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those things that it could be like he hurt his finger pretty much like the exact wrong time as far as leading into the season. So he's probably a little That's bit true. behind on the conditioning. You know, like you can you can work out and stuff when you're. When your fingers hurt, but you don't get those last couple preseason games. You don't really uh, get get your legs moving underneath you. So it could just be, you know, he needs a couple games to get it sorted out. We'll see if that's true or not. Um, the more the game I was more interested in, anyways, between these uh, is this Chicago game here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to see. Uh, I'd put out a tweet right before the game going, like a what to watch in this game, and one of them, uh, one of the four things that I had mentioned was. Does Fred Van Fleet go back into more of a traditional point guard role? And he definitely did that. 17 assists, career high. Uh, the most non-Lowry uh, assist games since Jose Calderon. Mm-hmm. So it was good to see uh, Fred kind of get into that role. And once he got settled down with it, because, yeah, obviously the eight turnovers killed him. Yeah. But uh, One, he got settled into bad the role the and they the came back. Yeah, he tried to take over at the end eh, when they were close. Didn't really work out for him. Yeah, I think there. I saw a four-point game with forty-some seconds left, and just a terrible turnover. I was like, ah, okay, there it is. We tried, but it was it was a great rally. Uh, this one we out rebounded them forty-eight to twenty-eight. Twenty yeah. twenty more rebounds is crazy. For sure, the only reason that we were still in it at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, no, seventeen assists were great. I was looking, you know, on NBA.com, going through all the assists. Uh, and, you know, some of them were just people just scored, you know, like you, at the beginning of the game, you passed it to Gary Trent, who did a step back three. And, you know, like you didn't really help him make that. So some of those assists were just you happened to be the guy that passed to a guy who hit a crazy shot. But uh, what is that? And they call it like the second assist in the NHL. Right. Yeah. You know, something like that. So um, but, you know, not to 
take it away from him. It's still 17 assists to 17 assists. But, uh, yeah, he definitely needs to keep that going. And, yeah, some find a way to limit those turnovers. A lot of them are just sort of, you know, it's the head down, charging into the lane sort of thing, looking for a shot or getting tripped up and falling or, you know, things like that, which our smaller guys have typically been known to do. So, um, and that's sort of, I remember like Fred Van Vliet coming in, that was his thing. He'd run in under the net, yeah, run right, run right back, back out, out remember, the like, all the time. Run back in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's keep him away from that. But yeah, no, keep the ball moving around. Yeah, he knew what everybody's shoes looked like, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, Van Vliet had 40, almost 43 minutes. Um, you know, if we can... Like Malachi Flynn could move the ball. Like he was pretty good at getting us assists last year. Um, just as like a someone to spread it around because Dragic was one for six from the field. Um, didn't hit a three, you know. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just just so strange Malachi's not even given the chance. Not that he's the answer to our prayers or anything, he's just a little guy, but still he can provide us with some valuable minutes, I would think. Well, I think his minutes right now are going to Delano Banton, which isn't the worst thing in the world because he looked pretty good when he came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see him third. still get some some play for sure. Yeah, he was kind of he's kind of the one who broke us out of that funk. I think we were down like seventeen, eighteen points, and then eventually managed to get it back within two at one point. Demar Derozan pretty much put us to bed, but but yeah, Delano Banton looked really good. I heard one of the broadcasters make a comparison of him to uh, Sean Livingston. Um, who was with the Warriors okay, forever. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I thought that was like a really, really good uh, good comparison. It would be a great place to be for, for Delano. You know, they just, they play very similar games. They look the same out there, like just long, long guards. They play great defense. They'll hit an open shot if it's open. And they can move the ball around without taking over the game completely. So, so I've been very encouraged by him. But um, yeah, like Brendan said, um, I think I said it after the first game that we definitely need to see Freddie more focused on the passing. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think that was his second double-digit assist night. He had, uh, I believe, 10 against Boston as well. So if he can keep that kind of thing up, that'll be great because I think we've we can, we've kind of written the book on Freddie that he's never really going to be a finisher at the rim. He's just too mm-hmm. small. Never really happens for him. So he's got to be that outside shooter and distributor kind of guy. But um, so we'll see. But yeah, 17 assists was great. Um, really good to see. It's kind of unfortunate. Demar Derozan certainly seems to take a little bit extra pleasure when he uh, when he gets to go up against Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he what do you have left in the first quarter? Yeah, <laughs> playing great defense and everything. Like I can't blame him. But <laughs> Bulls got a good team this year. They're going to be uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, they yeah. did look. Uh, they did look very good. Lonzo Ball, I was very impressed with. He mm. couldn't shoot. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn when he came into the league, and he looks like a pretty good shooter at this point. Yeah. He had five for nine stroke. from three. The the yeah. big thing uh, from this game, and, like, you know, a loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if you lose by, you know, 30 or three. Um, but what I liked about the team was, yeah, they got pretty much this game came down to they had so many bad turnovers early and just like poor execution at the rim, that sort of thing, uh, or in or in the offensive area. But I'd rather see it be little mistakes like that than they just look lost out there. 
Yeah. Yeah, no like point the did game. they look – yeah, they didn't look lost. Like, they looked like they knew where they should be, they knew where they would, and there was just like a shot didn't fall here, the, the, tip, the tip in didn't go back. So when it comes down to those little execution things that you can work on in practice, like, okay, we can get better at this. You just do it a thousand times, and you're now a little bit better than you were when you started. Uh, like, P- Precious just had some – just missed it at the, you know, uh, at the rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the things you can correct when players, you know, just don't look like they're following the direction when they don't know where their player, other players are supposed to be. It was kind of like what I said about Ananobi last year when he had uh, some bad turnover games. I'm like, at least these are the turnovers where he's just kind of losing the handle or like he's trying to do too much and it just comes out. It's not like he's turning around and passing it to someone who's not there or... Um, you know, going to the rim and then deciding he doesn't want it and just trying to huck it back at someone. For sure, yeah. Like they're they're, they're turnovers that are designed from like he's trying to get better at something. Yeah, you can see you can see what we're trying to do as a team. Like, yeah, it's always going to be hard to win when you have 19 turnovers for I think 27 bulls points off of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's um, a lot of them were in that one stretch at the end of the second half too, which kind of just reminded me that we're a young team and we don't really have anyone that can just kind of slow things down, uh, get us a few buckets, calm things down when we're in a run like that. We gave it away like five or six times towards the end of the second quarter for a whole bunch of points, which kind of put the game away. And we're doing but, this all with uh, our franchise player at the moment. So yeah, yeah that's right. A little yeah. slack. It's going to be really interesting to see how we work his you know, 40 minutes into this lineup and where they all come from. But, um, well, you know, you, you can kind of see your center minutes are probably going to go down just a little bit. He gets a little bit of time at the five. Um, the, Scotty will probably lose about five. Like he's Scotty played 40 minutes in this mm-hmm. Boston game. Like he'll yeah. lose probably five to 10 minutes off that I'd say. Yeah. And then, you know, your Seema Hollicks, you're like probably Banton. And if Boucher doesn't pick it up, like there's, there's your minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, same as Fee. He's got to start hitting some shots if he wants to keep playing 20 minutes a night. But, Man, but like uh, yeah, Brendan, you're quite right, though. I was, um, I've never seen them make so many easy misses at the rim last night. Uh, what's his name? Jack Armstrong kept calling them bunnies that they were missing. But <laughs> yeah. uh, just seven or eight times, yeah, easy, easy looks right at the rim, and and those will fall eventually. So you're not wrong. I was looking at some of the uh, just sort of the league team stats and things. We're currently the third worst three-point shooting team, second worst free field goal shooting team. So those are the two. I mean, obviously, like those numbers shouldn't stay down too much. But uh, if we can't pull that up, like you're not going to win games. You know, I think it was, I don't know, Orlando and I think OKC were the only two three-point shooting teams worse than us. And they were actually better in field goals than us. I forget the other one, but it was somebody else who was a worst field goal shooter. Um, but you know we're fifth in steals, so I mean you know, our defense is doing a, a doing its thing, and that's sort of what we've been saying is this is going to be a defensive team this year, so that's what's going to keep us in the game. Leading in rebounds is also you know that mixed in with steals is going to be a huge one to keep us close and hopefully get us some wins. A little bit to the field goal percentage though. Yeah, the getting be able to get rebounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we are leading in offensive rebounds by right. like a significant <laughs> amount, uh, which is for sure getting us there. But we're getting the the defensive rebounds. We're still the top as well right yeah. so it's okay. not only that but uh definitely it's what's separating us from the pact and then the pack and then um eighth in free throw so we're we're doing all right with free throws and we get to the line so it's just yeah makes make those extra few shots and we're gonna win some more games so yeah hustle team 100 mm-hmm. percent. 
Also top 10 in turnovers. Again, that goes <laughs> back to what you're saying with the young team that can't hit shots. So yeah. yeah, it all ties in, but no, it's, uh, you know, there's some, there's some good in that. So we'll be, uh, I think we'll be all right this year. It's a rough start, but that was not unexpected. And yeah, there was Pascal back in there. I think we'll be uh, in a much better spot, take some pressure off some of these other guys, and then they can clean up a little bit. Sort of how, uh, Sort of how Boucher did last year with his rebounding and things once we got Birch and Gillespie into the lineup, you know. So uh, hopefully we'll get the same effect when uh, Siakam returns. Oh, I think so. You can't uh, take away the team's best player and then expect it to be exactly the same. Right? Mm-hmm. No matter what, it's going to affect the style of play. And it's going to take them a little little minute to get used to each other. And like, okay, well, who's doing this role now sort of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've got a, a bit of a week coming up here, you know, uh, day off today, but tomorrow, uh, Toronto looking for that first home win of the season. This is a, you know, a winnable game against the Pacers. So. Two very winnable games this week. So Orlando, yeah. I think, is Friday, right? So yeah, but I can't remember. And it is at home. Suggs so versus Barnes. We mm-hmm. can almost, uh, yeah, Orlando does not look very good at all. But no. Uh, yeah, so two very winnable games, both at home. Let's uh, hopefully the Raptors can you know even out the ship here, and we can get going uh, into uh, November with the uh, heads up a little higher. Like we said, this is pretty close to Pascal being back territory. So I'm looking forward to some pretty good yeah. basketball coming up here, yeah. and uh, hopefully you know the Raptors are sitting around 500 and have a good shot at getting some wins together there. Uh, anything to finish up there, guys? Uh, Kieran, do you have any last thoughts? No, I think that kind of wraps it up. Let's go uh, wraps. Hey, Ben? Yeah, no, that's about it. Looking forward to that draft pick showdown against Orlando. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun indeed. Both the games are in Toronto, so they're out of the earlier starts, you know, 7, 7, 30. Uh, thank you very much, Kieran, for being on with us today. Yeah, we'll catch you after these uh, next game or two. You got it, Ben. Same thing. Thank you very much for joining today. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, everybody out there, you have yourselves a great rest of your week. And I forgot to do it last time, so we love you, B, two times. And thank you so much, everybody out there, for joining us. It is raining where we are, but hopefully it's sunny where you are. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.